We are going to cruise beyond HTX for this episode, Hong Kong to be exact, home of Shooting It Raw, a podcast hosted by Ron Elfasi. I love the premise of this podcast. Ron asks his guests to submit four pictures with a short caption for each. They serve as the basis for each conversation, and Ron and I had a blast talking about animals, MTPs, also known as Massively Transformative Purposes, and why it's never too late. Be sure to give Ron, R-A-N, a follow on all the socials and subscribe to Shooting It Raw wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy what I'm doing right here on Cruise Through HTX, please consider leaving me a two to three sentence review on your favorite platform and sign up for the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rider with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Let you go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie, and it's time to cruise through HTX. Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. A picture is worth a million words, not a thousand. In fact, I think a picture is worth 10 million words, depending on what the picture is of. Because a picture is just a nanosecond of a nanosecond of a nanosecond of somebody's life, of even that moment. And the pictures that I had sent you were quite literally a nanosecond of a nanosecond of a nanosecond of a nanosecond. It it lacks context. The people who were at whatever, and at this point I forgot what pictures I sent. So I don't know if there was anybody in those photos, but let's pretend for one second that there were people. Um, I I may not have had any idea what that person went through before we were together or after or the week before or the week after. So uh, who knows what, what somebody's going through in that, in that specific moment. Um, case in point, I'm almost certain I sent you a black and white photo, uh, my headshot, that was an interesting day because I had actually forgotten that I had an appointment to take a headshot. And I had spoken with the photographer in the studio and she was like, well, if you can come by in the next hour, I'm more than happy to accommodate. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just right around the corner. I just forgot. And I'm not really dressed and groomed. I haven't shaved in four days because I'm on the radio. And at that point in my life, I was on the radio. Um, So she goes, well, we'll just come by and we'll make it work. My shirt was wrinkled. It was six o'clock. I hadn't shaved in days. I had headphone hair. And uh, I thought I looked entirely unpresentable. But the black and white photo was quite possibly the best picture I had ever taken in my entire life. And that's because the photographer made me look like a, can I curse? (laughs) Made me look like a fucking rock star. (laughs) And all because I forgot about the damn appointment. I didn't dress accordingly. The shirt was wrinkled. It was a long day at the studio. I was unkempt. But yeah, that's what, that's what you guys do. Okay, <laughs> Freddie, Freddie. Okay, so yeah, so with the going back and forth, I have to figure out. I'm trying to figure out. So is it Freddie Cruz? Like, what do I call yes. you? They call me Freddie Cruz. Yes. Okay. On a good day. Okay, Freddie. Nice. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll we'll get into um, your photos, of course, and then learn and share about you. Uh, just from, it's really funny how the way people are and i guess you know from what you said in terms of being on radio and everything you just need a fraction of a second to kind of get an impression and i may be completely wrong but you exude cool and so i'm super uh looking into (laughs) into these photos thank you my daughters would argue otherwise but you know 
<laughs> okay. Well, first of all, that's that's their role. That's totally. I have a daughter as well, and she completely um, puts me in yep. my place. But let's go into your first photo. There we go. You kind of you you mentioned this uh, rock star photo of you uh, in black and white. So sure enough, it's a black and white shot. Your chin is in your hands. You're kind of holding up your head a little bit. You've got this winning smile. You're looking about one, like you're looking off camera. You're wearing these super uh, slick, um, nice glasses. You know, you say your hair is unkempt, but it looks great. You have, you know, it looks all fantastic. You have this nice sort of plain um, uh, button-down shirt. It's a beautiful moment because there you go. Like you're just kind of looking off camera, looking genuinely. It's like it's not a fake smile. It's like you can see in the eyes and whatever that it's like a real smile. Like she ca- she must have made you laugh or something, and, and captured. Uh, and you have great teeth. Look at those teeth, crazy. So so you 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 kind of gave us the prelude of, of the photo. Okay, now I have to kind of learn about you and somehow talk about how to make every second count. Uh, or another phrase that's really, that's come up this past week that's really great is we're not here to fuck spiders. Uh, which <laughs> I love that. <laughs> isn't that amazing? It's an Australian term. It just means like, dude, we're not here to fuck spiders. Let's just dive in, you know? Okay, so so you're in radio. I was in radio for a long, long time. Okay, so do tell. You have a fantastic uh, voice. Thank you. Um, so how, so why are we getting this this headshot done? And what's the what's the context of this? Sure, I needed a, an updated headshot because I was nominated for uh, community service director of the year for a oh gosh I forget the, I think it was the Media Alliance of Houston is some award show that the Houston radio and TV industry has where. It's a lot of glad handing and I don't want to say circle jerking, but it's the first thing to come to mind. I <laughs> nominated for several years in a row, never won. Um, okay. That's okay. Uh, I can be like the Buffalo Bills of of uh, the that particular award category. And if you don't know who the Buffalo Bills are, they, they, they went to the Super Bowl quite a few times in the 90s and lost every single mm-hmm. time. Right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So... But okay, so you've been nominated several times though, yeah. which uh, it's true. When you're not winning, you're like, oh, what's? Why am I not breaking that little barrier? Yeah. But why? Why that particular category? Yeah, one of one of the many, 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 many hats that I wore when I was on the radio was that of community service director. I was also the midday host and creative services director as community affairs director. It was uh, that that's essentially a fancy title for Sunday morning show host. Uh, It's a time slot that nobody really pays attention to in the radio world. But when I was voluntold to host it, I decided to make it my own and turn it into a destination show. Lo and behold, I built some fantastic relationships, Uh, one of it, one of which was a relationship with my publicist, who you know because he arranged this interview. His name is Mickey Mickelson with Creative Edge. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Amazing. Okay, so so okay, so take us from somebody who's not in radio, who's not, you know, in that world. Okay, you're running this Sunday show. You're building it up into into a destination show, which doesn't like I, I can repeat what you're saying and compare it, but I don't even understand. So so t- take us into that world. Yeah. What is that world about? Uh, Sunday mornings tend to be the least listened to times of the week. And so community affairs, it's sort of that obligatory Sunday morning programming. I'm not sure how they do it uh, in your neck of the woods, but uh, we have with the FCC, we have certain guidelines and obligations that we have to maintain in order to keep our keep our license. And I say our, I'm no longer with that place. I, mm-hmm. I, my, I run my own podcast agency now. But uh, at that time, that was uh, part of my duty was to host that show. And as community affairs director, uh, would ensure that we were upholding our duty as uh, a servant to the Houston area. And that Sunday morning show, we would have uh, nonprofit founders and executive directors. We'd have mom and pop organizations. We would talk to 
cancer nonprofits, uh, arthritis, the blood bank. Uh, just just to highlight yeah. what they're doing for the community. Okay. Okay, so one person we had on the podcast earlier. So I've had a few people from Houston. Cool. Oddly enough. Um, and then one, he's a friend. He And he lived, uh, was it Hurricane Harvey? Yeah. Yeah. So were you working at the radio station at the time? Yeah, and that was not fun. That was not. What does that mean? That was not fun for anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 do you get hurricanes wherever you are? You don't get hurricanes, probably. <laughs> Over here, it's called typhoons because this part of the world are typhoons. Now, I'm originally okay. I grew up in Montreal, Canada, right. so we had lots of uh, full-on blizzards. <laughs> I live in Hong Kong right now, and uh, over here, hurricanes are called typhoons. Okay, and so there was a mega typhoon here a few years ago that just completely. Cr- demolished all the trees and really created serious damage. Um, I know about uh, the power of natural disasters. So, you know, my wife and I were in the 2004 tsunami, Mm. right? So we're in the water when that happened. So I know all about the power of water and everything. So walk me through, I mean, we don't have to get stuck on that. I mean, we can go, we can use your photo. I'm just, I'm just following the rabbit hole. Yeah, sure. But What's that world like in turn because it's a, it's a like it's a service that you're really giving to the community mm-hmm. and how are you propped up in that in that like how did you fall into that yeah so with, with being on the radio and I'm sure my TV colleagues would agree too when there are people who have no power no running water they have TV and radio specifically radio because it, that's well. I mean, it's digital now, but even in a in a situation like that, if you have a battery powered radio, you can flip it on and listen to listen to us cut in from Justin Bieber and Billie Eilish and just talk nonstop about um, what the situation is like. Did we go from Cat Five or whatever it was at that time? Did we? Are we now? It, in the are we in the clear? Uh, what is Centerpoint Energy saying about getting your power on? What uh, is there a boil water notice in the city of Houston? If so, what what areas do that, does that affect? Uh, do we have power in Cyprus? Do we have power back in Galveston? Galveston got demolished. Okay, what about Texas City, which is only a few minutes away from Galveston? So it's maintaining the up, maintaining upkeep of the most um, the most up to date news and information mm-hmm. that people that people can't really access if if their internet's down sure so so your i mean in terms of of your life energy uh interest you know where you put your 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 effort is really other centric right like first of all the radio is essentially kind of like a community service to a certain extent, if you become a, a personality, then that feeds your, your ego, which is the, it's a positive uh, reward. So that's quite obvious. But there's something fascinating about sort of like you've dedicated a huge part of your seconds of your life to, to serving others, to really to giving back within the community directly, even indirectly through radio. And now you're, like, you have a podcasting empire uh yeah so the podcast agency is called speak podcasting and it's it's called uh it's spelled s-p-e-k-e it's named after uh my dogs sparrow and zeke zeke sadly passed away at the end of 2020 due to i was about to say due to covid uh during (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) <laughs> it was a crazy year yeah it really did one on me can you tell uh no but he passed he passed at the end of 2020 uh due to some uh, unfortunate circumstances he took a turn for the worse but he lived a really good life we had a really mm-hmm. really solid run with him he was 13 we had him for uh over 10 years um mm-hmm. a, an amazing dog and and uh, my family and i love animals and and um so the naming the company was uh, sort of a nod to to not just them, but to the voiceless uh, in society, and and oh. what I what I hope to do the larger mission of my company is is helping people to understand that they can use their voice and and not rely on institutional um, institutional means of communication. Uh, so it's sort of instilling 
taking my my traditional my 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 traditional institutional background and implementing it into a 21st century vision for decentralized media communications st- st- stuff like this i mean th- this uh 20 years ago unthinkable 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 yeah you know you and i unthinkable uh you mm-hmm. would be sitting in a in a studio that costs 50 100,000 dollars and speaking with one another it would probably be by phone not zen right. yeah it's amazing yeah um you like I, I love these conversations because you know I meet you I, as you're speaking. I've got you uh, in video, you know, very this nice room, and then I've got this still of you looking really great. Thank and uh, and then you drop these bombs like the like you're yeah you don't sound ambitious at all. <laughs> what amazing! So okay, so so okay, so let's go back. Let's rewind the tape back to. That moment where you said, uh, and it's called speak. Yes, speak podcasting. So speak podcasting. So let's rewind the tape back to that that second, right? Where at one point in the universe there wasn't this thing called speak pod- podcasting, and then suddenly in your head, the, the, all the all the switches flipped, and then maybe maybe I'll go in that direction. So what was the catalyst? Whew. Um, there's a lot to unpack there because at the end of 2021, I had made the decision to leave radio and, and I left a, a great career. Um, I had a long run. You don't spend 16 years at a radio station um, if you suck. And mm-hmm. I had a great run. I was very lucky. They took care of me. But I got out while it was still fun. And at the end of the day, you don't have your employer doesn't have to tell you the words you're fired to let you know that you're, you're yeah, you're done that you're done. So I left and, um, rejected an offer, but I fulfilled my contract. And then I thought, well, you know what? I'm Freddie fucking Cruz. I'm going to find a job job and I'm going to show them. And did I find a job? No. 400 applications, uh, 50 plus rejections, a handful of interviews that didn't pan out. And I'm like, all right, this sucks. It is, um, it's mid-May. And I told my wife that I would find a job by the end of 2021. So six, seven months later, um, I decide to hire myself because I'm just that damn good at accepting rejection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, look, I, I hear you loud and clear uh, with, the, with the pandemic. Uh, for me, it's been a good solid three years of rejections and trials and flying between Hong Kong, Savannah, Georgia, Toronto, Vancouver, just chasing chasing work. Um, I hear you, brother. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next photo? Sure, absolutely. I was just going to add to that. Um, it's, yeah, do it. It's a long flight from Hong Kong to Savannah. Uh, yeah, it took a while. <laughs> okay, so this was called My Massively Transformative Purpose. And oh, by the way, please tell me, please tell me, yep. you have a shirt that says Freddy fucking, no, I'm Fe- Freddy fucking Cruz. Um, that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> I, do, I do not. And believe me, I would never wear a shirt like that because if the past year and a half it ta- has taught me anything, it has taught me that I am insignificant. Um, there, uh, there's a, I forget the name of the book, but it's called Co- I think it's called Cosmic Insignificance, where basically mm. you know we're part of this uh, infinite universe, which may be a part of this infinite multiverse, and so our lives are just nothing more than a speck of a speck of sure. sand in in time, and so yeah. and yet, well, okay, so now rewinding back to. Um, the podcast mission, which is if life is a gift, how do we make every second count? It's true. We're here for a blink and it's just like little specks. And yet every once in a while we have these moments of sheer perfection. And with that, I want to say that because I brought up the photo and there's this photo of you, which is just sheer perfection. So there, okay. So the background is, um, you're in a room that's that's carpeted. No, no, it's not. It's like maybe rubber coated. 
Um, and then uh, in the background, oddly enough, there's Yoda holding a lightsaber kind of about to strike. It's just like an, uh, a sculpture or something. Mm-hmm. In front of Yoda is this red... Is it leather? Is it pleather? Is it vinyl? <laughs> it's this popping, popping, popping red couch, I guess. Yeah. You're on one knee wearing jeans. Uh, you have an eye for photo, for images, because the colors, the, the your aesthetic is... Okay, so your hair looks great. Your, right. your, your glasses look good. You're shaved. You're wearing this really popping um, orange polo shirt. And what makes the shot is that you're giving this honest, sweet kiss to... It could be a puppy. It could be a kind of a, a pit bull mix. Maybe a pit bull? I don't know. But giving it... Or a staffy or something. It's this white dog, not like medium size, that you're holding, you're hugging, and you're kissing him on the face. One of his eyes are closed. You're kind of mashing him, so he's like... <laughs> My massively transformative purpose. Hit me. Yeah. Um That's Bubbles. Bubbles is a survivor of animal abuse. She was um, beaten with a hammer. And um, when they were uh, performing surgery on her, they found the bullet lodged in her her face. And um, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. People are really just dirtbags. I normally don't get emotional um, talking about it. Uh, it was years ago. I'm, I call myself friends, friends of her parents, um, Kylan and Ike. Uh, they they found her. Um, they they met her at at a at a shelter called Houston Pets Alive. Yeah, so they the veterinarians that they that they got connected with. It was um, it was never. I guess. They weren't really based on conversations that I've had with Kylan. It was never one of those, oh, well, there's a 10% chance she'll survive. It was more along the lines of, well, we're just going to have to get creative and see what we can do. Um, Mm -hmm. Because her jaw was so, um, it was so damaged that they weren't, I guess there was a little doubt as to whether or not they could fix it. And because it was so smashed and it's, it's interesting you say it looks like I was, you know, like squeezing Mashing, her yeah. because her, yeah. her her jaw is still crooked and she's still uh, okay. goofy and cute. It's it. Uh, she's just the most beautiful dog ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they were worried whether or not they will be able to fix her jaw so that she could actually eat and drink water. And so that was mm-hmm, the main mm-hmm. concern. Uh, the bullet, wow. I guess, which was lodged in her head or her face, um, that was a sort of a non-factor because, I mean, it, it's... You know, it was just, it. I guess it didn't hit the vitals like her brain. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Whew. Yeah. Freddie. Okay. How many dogs do you have in your house at the moment? Uh, I only have one. Okay. I only have one. Yeah. I love dogs. One, one is, is enough. I mean, like one, yeah. like, okay. As a person who has many dogs in my house rescues as well yeah uh, i i hear you i see you yeah. um it's a, a very peculiar image because what what's happened i like, hopefully for the listener there's also like this auditory sort of juxtaposition where like on the one hand i describe this photo which to me is so joyous and joyful and so sweet and uh in the photo itself it's even it's also kind of thrown off because you got yoda <laughs> in the background with this <laughs> lightsaber look at he's about to t- attack yeah. the both of you you know yeah and so that's this weird juxtaposition in terms of the visual but then when i stop describing this this amazing image with such sort of enthusiasm you're on the other you're, you're in, in a completely other place where you're just like connecting with because you experience like this the idea of this, of, like that somebody would take a hammer to a dog's head or shoot them in the head. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, and I will. Uh, so that lobby 
where we're photographed in. That was my previous employer. I've since had mm. Kylan on my current podcast uh, where she talked a little bit more about the uh, the procedure and what exactly was going on with her uh, when they when they were operating on her. And it was a series of operations, man. It was, mm-hmm. but it's just it's it's something. And I don't know what the um, what the animal situation is over in Hong Kong, but I imagine it's a million times better than it is here in the South in, in Southern, Southern United States. Um, because as awesome as the animal advocate community is, uh, there, there are plenty of people who will make you question whether or not humans are right for this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a glasses half full guy. I'm just saying yeah. that you see that these devils do these do these heinous things to to an animal, and it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. So, so Hong Kong's animal protect it's getting better. Pets are are becoming more of a thing. I mean, this is a place that had issues with uh, you know raising animals for 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 food until quite relatively recently. So. Mm. You know, I don't know. There's a bit, there's issues here as well. Yeah. Now, it's it's interesting to me that you called this my massively transformative purpose. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so it goes back to the overarching mission of of my agency because I am in the Houston area, and my MTP. It's something Peter Diamandis talks about. It's the one thing that the the legacy that you want to leave behind. And mm. there are some 1 million homeless animals here, here in the Houston area. And I want to have played some sort of role in turning Houston and maybe even the state of Texas. But right now I'm focused on the Houston area because we've, we got to get our shit together, man, uh, to turn Houston into a city that has turned the ship around and where we're begging other cities for, for their animals. Oh, okay. That, okay. You know that we, we there are no more there are no more homeless animals, and mm. Freddie and his family need a dog. Well, who are we going to okay. call? Oh, we'll call those rednecks in Mississippi, and we'll we'll. we'll... <laughs> <laughs> no, anybody from Mississippi that might be a redneck. <laughs> Just so you know, that's my uh, target demographic for the year. So Ooh, okay, okay, wrong <laughs> wrong example. We'll call those rednecks in Alabama. Hopefully, you don't have any clients in Alabama. <laughs> Um. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I've actually been to Houston once or twice. Oh, okay. Once. Definitely once. Cool. And um, had a great time. So, so I mean, so for example, you called MTP, Massively Transformative Purpose, right? And then you've got uh, the other author who wrote, um, you know, the BHAG, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. Yeah. Right? Just another way of, of referring to it. Yeah. Okay, so... How is that manifesting, though? Like, how is that turning into action? Okay, so um, my my agency is in startup mode, and I am working a, a job at a local shelter, the one where we got Sparrow and Zeke. And mm-hmm. so I do work with them, and I volunteer um, certain items, I procure things, I work their social media. So, uh, while I am getting paid to do their marketing work, there are things that I donate and have donated that we have volunteered, um, our time, my family and I. So, uh, it's going to get eventually to a point that when my company grows and it grows and it grows, um, that I will have the means and the capital available to, to help, Citizens for Animal Protection and other adoption, other um, other animal nonprofits in a way mm-hmm. that beyond a Saturday afternoon, right? Um, so where did where did this come from? Like this, con- okay. So it could just be just well, you you've always had pets, you've always like, but where does this passion to turn, you know, to turn your your effort into, you know, this is such a big issue. I want to get involved, but like, like how far back do we have to go to find out like where that, be- that seed started in, in you, you know, like, has it always been who you are or was it, was there a kind of a, a signature moment that you can identify? Like, yeah, that was kind of when I realized I need to put my energy there. 
Yeah, it, it's the answer is mm, there's no really short answer to it other than I would I would credit both of my daughters. I've got one of them that wants to be mm. a veterinarian, and this mm. isn't they're they're 17 and 18 now. One of them is graduated oh, wow. from high school, so um, this isn't just a five and six year old girl little girls when right after we adopted Zeke who are telling me I want to be a veterinarian I want to rescue mm-hmm. dogs this is something that we have had many 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 conversations about so the the younger one wants to be a veterinarian is convinced she's going to be a veterinarian although in the equine field but she does volunteer at cap that's what we call right. for animal protection and then the other mm-hmm. one has talked about Saipan which is the uh, island of abandoned dogs uh, yep. that's in, in, in the Pacific. And so she's, um, she has made it very clear that she wants to, um, somehow, some way help over hmm. there. And I'm like, well, if you can do it, um, well, I'm you guys, you. yeah. So. What a sweet family. Uh, yeah. yeah. You guys are you. too sweet. Okay. On that note, shall we leave, um, this really sweet photo Thank and move on to the next? Yeah, let's do it. Ah, so nice. Okay, great. So it's a photo of you and another person. You're sitting in like closer to the photographer. You have cards in your hand. You're holding a mic. You're in the middle of a of a kind of not a belly laugh, but you're kind of like chuckling. You know, I, I get the impression that you like to laugh. Um, and then sitting next to you is, uh, I guess, the an MC interviewer or something. Uh, he's kind of dressed like a, a good old boy. He's got like a cap on. He's got um, a checkered shirt. He's wearing jeans. You're both wearing jeans. You're at, it looks like you're at a round table or a reading of some sort. Yeah. What's this? I'm trying to remember what that picture was. <laughs> it's called My Gift and How to Help Others. My Gift and How to Help Others. Oh, gosh. I'm really trying to remember that. So Okay. So you don't even have to look at the photo. Right. So here's what's interesting, right? Like all of this is part of your life. And so photograph and so let's like inter- it can get philosophical about it in that um, th- these conversations are about looking at these little snapshots and yeah. these little windows of experience. And it's, it's really interesting because this happens where people send me the message, uh, the, the photos, and then we speak like a month or two months later. Ah, okay. Okay. I see it now. Okay, it's, it's, this is your life. What the hell? What the fuck are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, uh, this is one of my favorite authors of all time. His name is Jack Carr. He is a former Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is Jack Carr, and you can see the sign behind him. We're at Memorial City Mall. Right. And this is a live Q&A. So what you see me... Well, you see me laughing at, and it looks almost like he's looking at the camera. Um, I yep. I don't know why, but mm. I'm looking out into the audience. We are sitting before, oh, because this was in 2022. Yeah, 2022. So last year, about maybe 50 people inside the court inside the courtyard of a mall, a major mall mm-hmm. here in Houston, Memorial City Mall, and uh, yeah, it's a Q and A, and we were having a lot of fun talking about one of his books what was the name of the book uh i think it was in the blood if i'm not mistaken Mm. Uh, so yeah this guy's story is i mean his story is uh it's incredible first off navy seals are the most badass guys Mm -hmm. in the history of the world where like we think about the samurai from hundreds and hundreds of years ago well 500 years from now, people are going to look at Navy SEALs the way we look at the samurai. Um, okay. Yeah, they're just they're the, they're just the the toughest men on earth. And sure. I can't be convinced otherwise. Now, what's so interesting about his story, so he retired from the Navy and he had started writing. He's always been a reader and has always been obsessed with storytelling and stories. And uh, if you listen to enough interviews with him, if you listen to enough podcast interviews or watched him on YouTube, you know how obsessed he is with books. So mm-hmm. he wrote a book and he had a friend call him up and was like, Jack, 
thank you for what you did for me. He's like, okay, I don't remember what I did. But <laughs> he goes, hey, um, you know, I heard you got a book coming out. Yeah, yeah, I have a book coming out. I just finished it. I can send you a galley copy. Happy to send you a copy. Yeah, sure, but can I have another one? He's like, okay, sure, I'll personalize it. Who should I make it out to? Chris Pratt. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So he's like, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend Chris Pratt would like a copy of your book. So before the book had ever, because a galley copy is an uncorrected proof. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So before the book ever even hit shelves, it went to Chris Pratt and he was like, yeah, we're going to turn this into a series. And so it's, oh, wow. It was it. The Amazon series Terminal List, which is the first book in the uh, in in the James Reese series, uh, mm -hmm. Terminal List was uh, it came to fruition last year. Um, which that's that show is bananas. Like right, just, uh, the books are amazing. The series is really really good. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Training Day. It was directed by Antoine Fuqua. And so, mm -hmm. uh, he's he's one of the guys behind the series. Just the cinematography right. is amazing. Just to go back to the photo for a second. Yeah. So so he, like as okay, so you're sitting there, you're wearing this like bright shirt. You have this nice smile. You're obviously doing. I guess now you're doing Q and A with people. Somebody must have asked a funny question. And as you say, uh, Jack, I guess he's staring. He's looking at the photographer. Mm -hmm. He's got this big old beard. He like he could look for all you know. He's definitely like big chested and all this stuff. Um, he could be a farmer for all we know. For all we know, you know, he could be <laughs> yeah. like whatever. So you're saying okay? So here's this badass who's had quite a life. You're there as a kind of. Uh, a bridge to the audience who may not know him or who may or just be curious just passers-by or whatever and you call it to my you call it my gift and how to help others which from my life experience working in something called service leadership or service network leadership which is about coaching and training and helping people better understand how to work uh, with one another mm -hmm. within human networks and, and person to person like just in the little bit that we've we've met you've you've heard that i'm i i seem to put a lot of uh, attention on this notion of service mm -hmm. right and in the us i know you know when you take the train when you take a plane when you go around you're always hearing like thank you for your service to the to the military okay so i just threw all these words in your direction why don't you take that little salad of, of things and, and take us into a new, new into uh, into the direction that makes sense for you? Like, how do you um, how do you interpret service and giving back and giving? Because you're obviously a giving person. Thank you. Um, so the reason why I called it my gift and how I plan to use it to help others is that. As long as I've been in radio and, you know, I, I, I can't escape, I can't for the life of me escape my past. Uh, my, career, <laughs> my career is my career. Mm -hmm. And when I took over that community affairs show, it was really, I, I didn't want it. Like I said, I was voluntold to do it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I guess this is how much respect that day part got is Mm -hmm. They didn't hire somebody to do it. They just told somebody yeah. that, oh, hey, you know what? You're going to do it, Freddie. Okay. Right. Well, do I get a say in the matter? No, I didn't. Um, mm. It was, how am I going to, I made a career. I made a successful career out of doing the shit that nobody else wanted to do. And I'm going right. to apply that training that my mother told, that my mother, my mother taught me, my mother taught me that there Things that you just gotta, you've just gotta do some things that that you don't want to do, and mm -hmm. um, and I learned to, I accepted it, then I I made myself enjoy it, and then I eventually just enjoyed it, and I did it, and I did it, and like I said, I eventually by the time I left that radio station, it was a destination show. I don't know what they're doing now, but mm -hmm. um, during that time when I would interview people. I didn't realize how good at interviews I was. Mm -hmm, I had no mm -hmm. idea. So I took over that show in the summer of 2015. So almost 2015, so eight years ago. And I had done interviews before, but I hadn't done them 
often enough to really know that I had a gift for talking to people. I'm mm-hmm. a better interviewer than I am a guest uh, because I'm I'm forced to do less talking and more listening. Right. Right. And so that is my that is my gift. And one of the things that I want to do is help podcasters unleash the inner gift that they have. Because I think that okay. we're all capable of we're all capable of listening and having conversations and complex conversations at that. Not just, hey, what's your favorite color? Hey, why'd you do this? Hey, why'd you do that? I love the idea of this conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. where you peel back the layers of a photo and we just go from there. I love that sure. idea because <laughs> it's, it's a Thanks. nuanced conversation from a different from an entirely different perspective. Uh, right. So so yeah, and you'll see that as an interviewer I'm I'm some people just like don't interrupt your guest so much. I'm like yeah yeah but hold on hold on. No, I okay, love so, it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz we're to- we're talking we're just talking. We're shooting conversation. The so yeah. yeah. So so one of the things okay so a, like a photograph in actual mechanical time. So, for example, the photo here of you two on this in this mall was probably taken at one sixtieth of a second, right? That's one sixtieth of a second of light that was recorded and fixed, and now we're looking at it so many years later, talking about it. Now, in a way, it's it's an an accidental. It's a snapshot, right? Okay, and in the same way. You fall into the, okay, you work at this radio station and they turn to you and they say, oh, by the way, uh, Sunday, you're doing this show. It's your baby now. Run with it. And you're just like, what? And what? Oh, I guess. And then you kind of settled into it. Now, the question is, was that an accident or was that a kind of, in in the big, big picture, a kind of a self-selection that really was an important step for you to get to so that you can get to here, to running your own podcasting platform empire. Yeah. So do you understand? Maybe my question is not nonsensical, but okay, you take it from there. No, I don't think it's nonsensical. I I totally get what you're, what you mean. What, what was it? Freud, Freud, uh, it was Freud that said there are no accidents. Okay. And so, yeah, you're right. Um, a sign or self-selection or something. Maybe, maybe I was voluntold to do it because management saw me as the only guy who could do it. The best, the best person in Houston, right? It's it's a it's a weird way of thinking about it, yeah. but really, in the market of Houston, mm-hmm. you fell into it because, for better or for worse, you were the best person on yeah. hand. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see myself as the best of anything. I'm just a guy, and um, and it's. I know some people kind of accuse me of being overly modest, but really, when you think about just how rare it is to even be alive, and then I'm the result of a of an unplanned pregnancy, and that it, mm. the irony is not lost on me. My parents had me when I was very young, and you realize just how rare it is to even be a human, and not just. At all, but in this moment of, of in in history, it's a mm-hmm. rare occurrence. And it's a, yeah, it's miraculous. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. It, what is it? Four hundred trillion or four trillion to one? The odds <laughs> of being born. I mean, if my dad, if my dad had shown up even five minutes late to, to whatever he and my mom were doing that yep. night, and the thought of even. Sp- in those words it disgusts yeah. me <laughs> because it's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah it's just if he was five minutes late picking her up yeah i wouldn't be on here sure no i know but it's that kind of thinking fries my brain because it's it's like exactly so many experiences in our lives it's kind of like we it was like suddenly it's like the world could have gone in this other direction mm-hmm. and it was just you know by accident it went in this direction where you're born and then now we're talking, or that you're sitting with with Jack. Mm. Yeah, it's quite it's quite it's quite profound. Yeah, it really is, man. So, 
a couple, okay, you can either rewind a little bit because one of the funny things that you said was uh, they had your parents had you when you were very young. I think when they were very young, mm-hmm. but it came out as when you were very young. Yeah, when you were born, you were super young. You're about as young as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I was very young when I was born. Yeah, I know. I know. It's amazing. But okay, so so n- there are no accidents. There's all this kind of thing. So, but you grew up in Houston. Like you're you're Houston made, Houston born, Houston bred, all this stuff, yeah, or or elsewhere. Yeah, I lived three three years in Minneapolis, okay, right after my wife and I got gotten married, and we lived there oh. three exact years. Okay, yeah, okay. Look, your gift how to help others. So, uh, you want to move on to the next uh, photo, or do you want to say one more thing about this particular image? No, let's do it. Oh, I love how these photos take a hard left. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. This is called Never Too Late. And it's a photo that was probably made in the 70s, late 70s. It's an old um, Kodak. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an old film photo. Uh-huh. There's a little boy holding on to a, um, like a monkey barish thing in his diapers. Uh, so I'd say late 70s, early 80s. Uh, wearing this very sweet sort of long sleeve with with um, uh, horizontal stripes, and behind and he, as he's kind of swinging, holding himself up with this big smile on his face, there's a man behind in sort of seventies short shorts, tight t-shirt. Uh, very, I can't tell how handsome he is, but he's got a little mustache, uh, looking good in a backyard somewhere. What, what's this? It's called Never Too Late. That is four-year-old Freddie, and you're right, 70s, so late 70s. Uh, okay. I was four, wearing a diaper. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, so never too I'm late. I'm 50. I'm wearing a diaper right now. Who cares? <laughs> I have no idea who the gentleman uh, playing with me is. Oh! <laughs> I have no <laughs> That's idea. awesome. Yeah, I have no idea. My best guess is that this was at my my aunt Rosemary and uncle Victor's house. Mm -hmm. Victor ran a local soccer club. And my best guess is that this was one of his players. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So what, so why, 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 why are we ending on this important signature uh, image? Never too late. Because it's never too late to get it together to, figure out what what your meaning in life is, what your purpose in life is, what your mission in life is, what your massively transformative purpose is, mm-hmm. be in your, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. Um, I've listened to podcast interviews where there is a 100-year-old man who runs five miles three times a week. And oh, well. he didn't start getting physically fit until after he recovered from colon cancer at the age of 69. Amazing. He running marathons. And so obviously as you get older, your, your, your body starts to d- deteriorate. So even though he's not running uh, marathons, that he's still running 15 miles a week when, you know, here... I don't know if I don't know if the United States has exported its terrible habits regarding <laughs> diet and exercise to Hong Kong, but mm. uh, we're we're pretty we're pretty lazy. Um, and yet, as you say this, and you're again, these juxtapositions are like I I don't know if this is a professional habit of yours that you've just that's become second nature for you, but it's like you're talking about this person who's like. 90s, 100, you know, who, who runs 15 miles a week, which is so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying this, it's like there's this little boy holding on to this, like, I don't know, like steel kind of uh, chin up bar, or whatever, in this backyard, like a monkey bar set. And you're just holding himself up with this, like, the, the physicality and, and the joy and everything. So, why this juxtaposition? I just think it's never too late. Um, okay, it's never. It's not it, the only time it's too late is when you're on your deathbed and you got regrets. Um, mm-hmm. And and so yeah, it's just um, I I tell myself that 
and I look at that picture. I mean, man, I was cute. I was a cute, <laughs> I was a cute little kid, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, my mom would joke with you that she uh, that she cried when I was born because apparently I looked like a rat and I wasn't a very cute baby. <laughs> Although, in my defense, most babies are not exactly Art. cute fresh out the womb, dude. No, you know, absolutely not. We got all kinds of placenta yeah. fluids all look gunk and shit yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah the doctor the the nurse has to clean us off no for sure for sure <laughs> so, um so so are you what's your birth order are you first second third first first oh you're the, okay you're the eldest okay yeah um so all of this stuff that informs who you are mm-hmm. and then how it manifests for example to do the um, the sort of the companion animal protection because you're saying in houston there's such a huge gap to to kind of cross in terms of unwanted animals and then cruelty to animals and then you went from working within a radio station to all of a sudden you know that job ending and then you going okay well i have to you know create a new life for myself Mm -hmm. and how it's manifested is to do this podcasting um production company or platform but then also weaved into that is the animal protection so so what is in your world never too late i say those words because i don't want my kids to ever go through life and go through their careers feeling that they're stuck doing what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. I, as much as I wish them nothing but success and happiness, I know from personal experience that your career can, that you can experience a world of letdowns, that you can be loyal to people, you can bust your ass, and you can still be slapped in the face. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what I don't want them to ever feel is that they've got to settle for something. I right. don't want them to ever settle. And I just want them to understand that, okay, I'm 37 or I'm 40. In my case, I'm 47. But, um, you know, they could, be, they could be 35, 37. They could be 40, 42, 47, 55. And if something happens, they get screwed over or they get an offer that they can refuse and they feel like they're trapped that it's not too late. It's only work. Sure. I mean, we're, Rip. we're, we're in America, baby. And <laughs> we got, we got problems. I'm not going to deny mm-hmm. that, but this is this man, this moment in time in 2023, we're so lucky. There is money yeah. to be made and never, ever, ever worry about having to pay your bills there, mm-hmm. if you've if you've got the gumption, you've got the will, you've got the drive, you got the passion, you've got that MTP, you've got curiosity. Yeah, the world is yours, and it, it's not going to be easy, but it's possible. So, just to kind of fit myself into that, to to kind of shed a bit of light on from from my perspective, right? So, in, in my case, what I've done from I don't know, college, I guess, mm-hmm. is I funneled into communications, right? And then with the pandemic, all of a sudden, my client got super sick. So that work stopped. And then there was like the economics within Hong Kong. So my that work stopped. And then um, also now with AI, being a communications person and writing person, all of a sudden, the jobs have fizzled. And so this no this notion of it's never too late but it's sort of like it like that whole lesson of you have intrinsic value like so for your daughter for my daughter for you know for you as a human for me as a human it's like to remember the lesson that we have this intrinsic value that even if the world doesn't recognize or pay you back that somehow you have to have faith or take consolation or self-inspiration or self-motivation to keep plugging away because it's just the circumstance, right? What is that for your next six months or whatever, 
for your podcasting, for your for your for your world? Like, what is the big sort of goal that you want to achieve? Yeah, it's it's twofold. One, I am going to be launching a podcast version of my book. I'm doubling down on the art of podcasting. This is the future. Uh, mm-hmm. The future is decentralized and podcasting is part of it. And the institutional corporations can stay mad. <laughs> stay oh, mad. Okay, wait, <laughs> I have to, I look, I have to interrupt because we're only, you only, okay. So I know you may have like somebody listening will be like, dude, you should have followed this up <clears throat> hours ago or whatever it was time, a whole time ago. Book, Pimp it out. What, which book? What's the book? It's called Allow Me to Ruin Your Christmas. And this is the cover right here. <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, Freddy fucking Cruz. Come on. Okay. Yeah. How many books have you written? Three. Okay. Okay. So this particular book is called Allow Me to Ruin Your Christmas? <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be a year old and uh, sales were, you know, is what it is. It's hard. It's hard to make. It, it's not a books living. Books are books. It's, yeah. No, it, I know. It is not a living. But mm-hmm. I am in a position to where I own a podcast agency and I can invest a little bit of capital into a narrator, a very talented narrator. His name is Kevin Quinn. He's going to be uh, the voice of the book. And I'm going mm-hmm. to be releasing it instead of as an audio book. I'm going to be releasing it as a podcast series because if I believe that podcasting is the future, then I need to put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be what I'm doing. So that's one. And then two, uh, I have um, begun putting together a series of courses. Um, I We went over this picture, um, my gift and how I help intend to help others. There are going to be a series of online courses centered around podcasting, how to be a guest on a podcast, how to interview guests, uh, how to launch a show, uh, how to mm-hmm. use writing techniques to create a binge-worthy podcast. There are a lot mm-hmm. of parallels between writing fiction and podcasting. Uh, as it pertains to telling your brand's story. So yeah. I've, I've is just in thinking of how I'm, how to market and brand my company. That was one way. I mean, there, there, you could easily use the hero villain structure. You can use the right. hero structure plot setting. Um, there are so many different things that translate to having a, a dynamic, just really amazing kick-ass podcast. And so mm-hmm. that's what I intend to do. How do people find you uh, on, how do people find you? Yeah, speakpodcasting.com and it's S-P-E-K-E. So rhymes with the name Zeke, S-P-E-K-E, podcasting.com. Okay, and that's and that's the sort of the overarching platform where people can, but are your three books there as well? Uh, you can look me up on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's so, okay, because we're only now, okay, so tell me about your book. You have to, listen, <laughs> sell your book. You're going to turn it into a podcast. Is it a fiction book? It, yeah, yeah. All three of my books are fiction. They're standalone, so it's no series. I'm thinking about, oh, wow. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about turning this one into a, I've written, I'm about 10 pages deep into a sequel, and then I got mm-hmm. in my head, and then I started second guessing myself and I stopped. I'll eventually pick up where I left off and continue writing it. But this book is, um, it's first person POV alternating chapter. So it follows the story of Beckett and Lex Beckett. Beckett is a, is a college kid comes home, finds out that his favorite podcaster, Lex Griffin of the Lex Griffin show is dating his mom. And he finds out in the most awkward way possible. And then he, um, it, 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 it cascades into a whole series of, of dark secrets and betrayal. Uh, it turns out Lex finds out uh, Lex is the reason why Beckett's dad died mm-hmm. years ago. And um, it's just, a, it's a comedy of errors. It's dark, it's funny, but then it's dark and then it gets a little violent. And um, mm-hmm. they're just the lies, the betrayals, the twists, the turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of fun writing it. Amazing. And so Freddy Cruz, right? That's that's your name on Amazon? Yeah. Oh yeah. Freddy with a Y. Nice. 
Freddy with a Y. Listen, it's a, these 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 episodes go by so fast. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Like, uh, you're you have a real. Inf- I can see why you would be. Wait, first of all, maybe why the training led you to be so good thank in terms of the community. Well, first of all, speaking, of course, but then also in terms of the the kind of community engagement, community involvement, community service, loud and clear. Thank you. I really, yeah, respect. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate you inviting me to to your space. Of course, of course. Um, Okay, Freddie, have an amazing time in Houston. Get that shirt done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, will do. (laughs) Okay, have a really good, good evening. All right, thanks. You too. 